Hey guys, it's Trisha Carr. I have new exciting things going on with my Mystic Arts Academy. You can now subscribe to receive all of the live monthly content for about a third of the investment of a single class. Included are at least one downloadable guided meditation per month, two live events ranging from classes, channeled messages, group readings, intuitive development guidance, Q&A sessions, and tons of community. You'll also have access to a private Facebook community for fellowship and support, and this space is kept super sacred and high vibrational. Your subscription gives you access to the whole library of classes and live events, which are on a vast array of topics. All events are offered online by Zoom video call, and many are also offered live in person at my studio here in Los Angeles. Subscribing to the Mystic Arts Academy is also a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and engage on a deeper level. I'm offering the subscription at a super low rate of $22 a month. Joining now locks in this rate for as long as you're subscribed. Click on the description of this episode or go to my website, trishacarcharm.com, and click on Mystic Arts Academy. I look forward to connecting. Welcome to Charmed Life. I am your host, Trisha Carr, and I'm doing a little addendum intro for this particular episode. You see, this episode is with my wonderful guest, Callista, who is a very magical being, talking to us about unicorns, fairy, the fae realm, and, and in this episode, she is discussing her new book about the feminine archangels. We're going to talk about that in depth, but I wanted to do a little addendum. We actually held this episode. I interviewed Callista a little while back, but as we got closer to it, we, as we, instead of releasing it right away, we wanted to align it with her book launch. And so that was, as that happened, then the 2020 pandemic came online for us. And so I wanted to make sure the energy was just right to release this episode. And so I think that we could really use some magic and we could really use some deep inner uh, support with uh, the, the feminine archangels as Callista is going to talk to us about and the book that she has just released. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and let you all know that I'm with you in this and I will continue to release more episodes. And thank you so much. I will uh, leave you to this episode with Callista. Callista is an award-winning author, pioneer of spiritual ascension, and a magical healer who truly walks her talk. Through creating the therapy modalities Angel Healing, Unicorn Healing, and Atlantean Crystal Healing, has attuned thousands of souls worldwide to the angelic, elemental, and crystalline kingdoms, and believes by healing and empowering our lives, we can help all of creation to thrive. Calista, I am beyond excited to talk to you. And, you know, I, I've watched so much of your content and read your content, but I don't think I know exactly like what your journey is about. I don't know if you had an awakening experience. So let's just open, if you wouldn't mind telling everyone, as well as me, what it is that like, the work that you're doing now, the work that you have been doing, and just what your journey is. Mm, okay. Well, welcome. It's so nice to be here. Um, my my journey now, I'm uh, an author and speaker and teacher of practical 
nature-based and angelic ascension. Mm. So some people call me a bridge mm -hmm. because I am very, very grounded and love speaking about the elementals and the fairies and Mother Earth, but equally very at home conveying what the angels are sharing and the unicorns and councils of light. So very mm -hmm. much a bridge. But I, I had a I had a big portion of my life when I was not doing this. I was actually a cancer research scientist. Oh wow! Making oh, wow. Uh, therapies for for oral oral therapies for many different types of cancers. And so my life back then was very different to what it is now. <laughs> Speaking to unicorns and angels every day. <laughs> well, um, it was just more indirectly then. You were a healer. <laughs> It just was. Yeah. You didn't know you were yeah, speaking to archangels and unicorns. <laughs> I always had a passion to help others because that really was my foundation growing up. Mm -hmm. My my family, they were all either nurses or midwives or healers mm -hmm. or spiritualist mediums. So there were, that really was my foundation. And I grew up in Scotland where I am now. Mm -hmm. And Scotland here is so alive. Mm -hmm in magic yes and and the traditions of speaking to the wee folk which is the fairies you know that's passed down to us and so i i was i was happy speaking to crystals when i was younger and speaking to fairies and that just felt very natural to me but as i grew up my my passion and um, my connection with spirit waned as different life experiences happened to me and I became quite hardened and quite cynical and I guess a little bit mistrusting of the path mm. and went more into academia, got my degree, then worked in pharmaceuticals for many years until, yeah, I, I definitely had a reawakening in 2005, 2006 when I knew I just could not, I felt like I couldn't breathe in science I saw so much commercialization of health mm. and I just did not want to be part of it anymore. But I still wanted to help people. And so I began to learn different forms of alternative healing, hands-on healing. And through that path, began to meditate, began to connect with angels and fairies. And the magic that I experienced when I was younger just, just came back and yeah. strengthened ever more. And that's really where I am right now and, and together with Spirit have written books and uh, founded three hands-on healing modalities that are now taught around the world angel healing unicorn healing and Atlantean crystal healing mm. and uh, yeah just my life is very much very different actually <laughs> from my science world yes I would say so wow that's what a beautiful journey I, and I know a lot of the listeners would find so much similarity. Uh, you know, I have similar peaks in my story of my journey, and mine had to do with religion. And really, mm -hmm. I've, I feel that science, I mean, I mean, humans are humans, but science is kind of like a modern religion in a lot of ways. Yeah. And with same, the, the same um, potential for... Um, Ex, you know expansion of course and obviously with you know science is 
is what has advanced our civilization to a great degree. But then, of course, like you said, the commercialism, commercialism or just um, how people, it's just human nature, people putting their the authority and the sovereignty outside of themselves. And so mm -hmm. if science hasn't proven it or science hasn't actually signed off on it, then it can't be accepted, it can't be utilized. But what is so flawed in that premise is that the way that science makes advances is essentially by faith and going into the chaos and releasing any preconceptions. <laughs> it, it is. You have to have so much faith in mm -hmm. science because you have to, yeah, you're, you're working with the, un the unknown most of the time. Yes. But um, I think that gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. And so again, um, like the mirror of the the pitfalls of humanity or human nature, and then also the, the beauty of what humans do in order to expand is... It's, it's common in any of these ways that we practice the path of, of, what, of what our path is. The beauty of science is the same as the beauty of nature magic, I would say. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But it's lovely to see and very refreshing to see how much spirituality is meeting science and vice versa. Yes. You know, there is becoming such common, commonality, mm -hmm. which is great. Well, quantum physics, I mean, quantum physics is starting to somewhat, I can't even say totally, but somewhat map what mystics and metaphysicians have been practicing for hundreds of years, I guess you might, maybe thousands. And and the mapping of it is still very loose. I mean, they, they don't know what it is that they are, are looking at. They can just say this is happening and we don't really understand it. Like the double, double slit mm -hmm. experiment where they, in the double slit experiment, which one of the secondary gains of it was that they recognized that just when awareness was placed on particles, I think, pardon my ignorance, mm -hmm. but that they would actually shift or change. And it was just awareness yeah. and that they don't know, they can't say why. So that's why I say it's not even totally mapping it. It is just acknowledging it or yeah. or um, epigenetics, you know, epigenetics showing us that our genetics are not hardwired. It's how we respond to them. Mm-hmm. It is, definitely. Yeah, I love that experiment because it really reflects how there's an intelligence in everything. Yes. There's an energy, there's an animism in everything. Yes. And when that energy n knows and acknowledges that it's being watched, it changes. Yeah, so, so it's, it's Yeah. And that is, I mean, to me, that's the model of creation. That's source energy or God sought to have an experience and therefore observed or moved or made a sound or had a thought or loved and that's essentially what i think they're identifying in in that that intelligence became intelligent Absolutely. source energy became intelligent by becoming somehow two different experiences <laughs> or the illusion source of it in a lab. <laughs> i love it yeah it's very true well the way that i found you was actually early around my awakening too and I was I actually wasn't really in and, and now I'm like deep into having spiritual community you know having friends and colleagues who and obviously you know with this this program having all kinds of like-minded individuals but I started because I hadn't had that I'm sure that's probably how you, well I don't know maybe not since you actually come up in a culture that it, it is welcomed to some degree there's something that is normal or accepted whereas mm -hmm. uh, how, how was it for you in the beginning of your like your awakening experience did were you going through it on your own or your reawakening was it on your own or did you have some friends or family who could share in your experiences 
Tr truly, Trisha, I had nobody mm. because... Uh... Even still, <laughs> even even in a culture I, that might experience it globally. I really did. I had my mom, you know, my mom has always been in the background, um, holding space and, you know, nodding her head at whatever I'm sort of turning my focus to and not really having an opinion. But nobody really was around because when I left science and it was quite a hard decision to sure. move, it was quite a big leap of faith. I'm yeah. sure the listeners can imagine um, to go from everything that I knew and I was mar I was engaged to get married to an academic. All my friends were in science. I had no friends outside my job. Yeah. And then I took that leap to start up a holistic business the relationship with my fiance ended. Mm. I had no friends anymore because everybody in science thought I was bonkers to believe that I could wave my hands over somebody and heal them more than take, you know, taking a pill yeah. could heal. So they all, they all kind of exited my life and I had nobody like mm. physically, but non-physically I was surrounded yes. by so much love and that, that carried me, that gave me such faith. And I look back at that moment of that transition, whenever I need to take a leap of faith now, I look back and go, actually, even if I don't feel the love of spirit around, because maybe I'm more in my head and I'm not in alignment, I can remember, I can go back to that moment and go, absolutely, I was carried. Yes. Faith is always there, but we have to be the faith. Mm -hmm. We have to embody that to then take that leap. Yes, we have absolute free will, and we cannot be compelled to have faith or feel love. You know, we can't. We can be met where we are, and sometimes that does feel like rescue because we surrender in in some kind of deep experience, and there's the surrender, and so then we we get met where we are, which may be a bit profoundly deep into some kind of illusion, mm -hmm. and that's beautiful too. That that really redeems all experiences, and that's mm -hmm. so. I was tooling around and you know experiencing what I was experiencing and meditating and I started to have um, you know experience fairies and and in particularly like a gnome guide which I didn't I didn't know gnomes were a thing but except for some cartoon approached mm -hmm. me while I was meditating and unicorns and I just thought why not you know what I mean I just thought I was just experiencing what you can in the imaginal plane of meditation and I thought if it feels good then that's not going to hurt anyone and so it was easy for me to I guess validate it because I didn't think it was a a major experience but then I got curious and you were probably I don't know if you were the very first but one of the first people that I found who was talking about this stuff and I was like so so it's real it's not just it's not I mean it, it I, I talk to my students a lot about losing that phrase, just my imagination, as though somehow that is, you know, um, that's what we were told to release our intuitive psychic seeing as we were children, that that's imagination, therefore it is unreal. But in <laughs> truth, that's the beginning of reality, and that is a more, a more real reality. And so, but yes, your work, and I felt like it was some hidden gem because... I didn't, I, again, I was all on my own. So I discovered you. I was like this lone, I was like, I put my, my flag on the moon. You know what I mean? So I thought that I discovered, <laughs> and I didn't know anybody else was talking about this stuff. And I was like, what? So this is truly like such an honor to connect with you. Uh, so much joy in my heart. I guess it's that unicorn energy, right? 
<laughs> I can actually, I'm glad you said that. I can actually see and feel them around you right now. <laughs> yeah. They, they're really with you. Mm. I take it you've done a lot of meditation and attunement with them. Yes, very much. Yeah. I've taught yeah. classes with them and I've taught, I mean, I've taught elemental and, and nature spirit and deva and fairy classes. Uh, it's and actually, it's one, I didn't even know that you were connecting and teaching about the Council of Light. I literally just put on my calendar for of my classes to teach people how to connect with their Council of Light and channel their Council <laughs> Council of Light. <laughs> I didn't hadn't heard this part of your content yet, so that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Everything just follows on to the next thing, yes. and I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad um, that you didn't feel alone. That you felt validated because that's it. We get we get told that our imagination is somehow mm-hmm. not worthy yeah. you know to focus on and yet it is a gateway mm-hmm. and if we can imagine something wow we can bring it into existence because we are the creator we we are creation and creator in every moment crafting this experience that we're in either personally but also co- collectively yeah. and I think it's such a shame that we are taught as children to to sort of box our imagination in, mm-hmm. but yet the unicorns especially are all for letting our imagination just be free again yes. so that we can just express ourselves through many different ways mm-hmm. in order to discover who we are, to understand who we are, to understand one another, to understand this world that we're in. And then beyond this world, um, imagination is such a gift to be nurtured. And being a mum, that's one thing that I'm really, I really want to keep alive within my children as much as I can, is their imagination. And just give them that space to be validated. It seems like the parents, which is, I can't even imagine the, what, the landscape of of humanity is going to look like in 15 20 years because of the really the great awakening and so the people who are parenting like yourself are fostering their children to retain that imagination retain their connection to validate the experiences that they have which we know are spirit and so i can't even imagine like what's going to happen to society because it's just seriously so widespread now at least um, respectively, comparatively to, you know, even um, 25 years ago. Uh, yet, I think it is just a part to speak to, I'm not a, a parent of, of humans myself, but to, I think it's a part of the journey that the children still will go, you know, they want, they, they as humans, we will identify to the 3D to some degree, like however much par- the parents will, mm-hmm. so that I think in a, if you don't, then you might float away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the children yeah. won't, they won't become a part of society and so they won't move into it. And mm-hmm. yet they can still maybe not shut it down all the ways, what I'm, I'm seeing as the vision. While they may put some attention on the, out, on the um, collective and, and understand how that machine works and that, that matrix works, they yeah. maybe can still keep the base of, of being open is that what you're experiencing or hoping for yeah as well? I would I would yeah I would agree with that for sure I mean the, the kids that are coming now they're all fourth dimensional they've oh all gosh. anchored that there's yes. there's no 3d within them yet they're still coming into this 3d world and I was 
I was actually feeling into this a couple of days ago. I was walking my son to nursery in the morning and I obviously have to teach him about road safety and about being aware of cars and everything like that. And I was just feeling into, in a way I'm teaching him to be fearful in order for him to be safe. And I kind of struggled with that a little bit because one, we have to teach them safety and all these different things. And I thought, oh, we, we have to teach them. And then later on, they have to unlearn these things. <laughs> but but I guess that's really a story. That's like a, yeah. a reflective story of what our ego does. Yeah. You know, we all come in here with an ego. And so many people berate their ego. But actually, a part of our ego, why we were given it, is to keep us safe. Yes. Is to keep us safe to to commit to the physical reality that's kind of the good and the basic of the ego is to keep us physically alive and then we bloated (laughs) but yes of course there is a part of it that's what i i mean when i say if if the children or if the people don't kind of start to commit to the 3d even if it is the matrix that is confined Mm -hmm. to 3d then I don't know. I think that's just a part of the going in and out of the story, as you say. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to. No, no, it's okay. But the way that I watch my kids, I have a a three and a four year old, Mm -hmm. two boys, and then I have a 10 month year old daughter. And they're all so switched on, but super sensitive, very different in their own ways. But I know that just if I take myself back and I just watch them, I realize that they are so more advanced than our generation yes. because there's so much more in the moment. And yes, they'll still have a tantrum and they'll still fight and whatever. But they just move so quickly into the next moment and everything gets forgotten about. They're, they're not, they don't harbor anything. They don't take on things. They're just always in the moment. And Rowan especially, very, very sensitive. And like I was, I, when I was a child, I would see things, I would feel things. And he said to me the other day, Mum, it feels like I have a hundred minds in my mind. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> what do you say to something like that? Was that um, your, your three or your four-year-old? My, my four-year-old, my eldest. Mm. He's very aware and he is like a crystal. There is all these beings going in and out through him all the time. And perhaps he might be a medium, something like that when he's older. But at the moment, he he's trying to get a grip on it. And I can help and I can be a guardian and, and share. But we're being told, Spirit's telling us, that we also have to step back as parents and let them have their own experience. Yes. Yeah, it's, really it, it's basically from the time that they're when they can move, when when they can start to scoot or crawl, that they become less yours, less less ours, and we have to start letting them have their own experience, and that's when they start to have their relationship with the time space reality, when they can move away from probably mom ninety percent of the time because of the children yeah. coming from the physical body of the female. Um, that's when the autonomy starts. <laughs> that's so early, <laughs> right? About six, really? six, ten yeah. months old, somewhere between six and ten months, you have to start letting them have their own sovereignty um, and release that. I would love to talk about, if we could, 
assume that this is the first time someone is listening to to my show or one of the first times and hello and welcome <laughs> and <laughs> if they're listening for the first time and they're like what are these chicks talking about unicorns how what are they talking about you know what I mean yeah I was into them when I was three or five or seven <laughs> how how do you describe to people how do you um, help to bridge people to that yes the reality is unicorns are real beings I'd love to hear mm -hmm. you talk about that it, I guess it depends where they are. If they, if they're just starting out in their spiritual path, then they might see them as archetypes. Archetypes, yes, and that's okay. To that's maybe an aspect always that is useful. That's absolutely right. fine. Yeah, again, that's working with the imagination. If they see them as archetypes for greater hope, greater majesty, greater freedom, um, greater love, then brilliant. But then. Um, you may widen your perspective perhaps and start to open up to them the possibility that they're real mm -hmm. because they are they absolutely are and you know ever the scientist i don't believe in anything until i can really experience it yeah. and it, you know it took me a while and i so many experiences with them now i've taught unicorn healing since 2009 and there isn't one student over how many times I've taught that course who hasn't connected to their unicorn guide and I have had people so cynical ju or, and just awakening to their journey as well but they'll always have these incredible connections with their unicorn that's what I and, and as I was describing how I first started to experience uh, fairies, nature elementals, the devas, and, you know, unicorns, leprechauns as well for me, it was really, it was like in my meditation, it was like, oh, it's an archetype, and that was fine with me, but, you know, it got deeper. For me, it's always like, um, it's both and, it's yes and, and whichever perspective is helping you, then it's helping you, and I'm a hypnotherapist too, so that's how, I, I guess even the, the, the idea of it being an, of the archetype can be a bridge for the deeper experiencing. And people who don't necessarily have the beliefs or experience of that which would be more mystical or metaphysical can still utilize it. They don't, you know, people, who, they don't have to believe in reincarnation or um, simultaneous reincarnations in order to benefit from past life regression. <laughs> they really don't have to. And, you know, I love what you said, belief. You don't believe something until you experience it. And I actually kind of, for myself personally, I actually don't use the word belief as much as experience. When I find myself saying believe, and it's just because of the connotation or where it has been in, in my languaging of my life, that belief felt a bit more grasping or at least subjective. And so experience is fluid. You know what I mean? It's like what I'm experiencing and it can, I could experience something different tomorrow or this again and more. And that's what I, I've kind of tried to replace the word belief with the word experience. It's nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah. The unicorns, you know, if we look at what the unicorn represents, the unicorns reflect our soul and our soul's potential to become and express and yes. be who we came here to be, um, our fullest expression. And so... If we understand that, then we can realize that we have a soul. Everybody has a soul, an, a, an energetic potential and expression. Um, 
And it, it is true. The second we invite the unicorns into our life, whether it's connecting with them, reading about them, asking them to come into your dream time or meditation or doing healing, you are inviting your soul. You really are. And from my experience, when someone consciously connects with the unicorns and invites them into their life, they just take these massive leaps. You know, their yeah. life goes from where they are to really where they want to be. Yeah. You know, and whatever they're ready for, the manifestations, the new career, the the new relationship, they will go there. The unicorns will escort them there through signs, symbols, synchronicities, or linguistic exchanges, telepathic exchanges. Um, it's quite phenomenal. That That's why I'm so passionate about helping people to connect with unicorns. Do you find, so you know Diana Cooper, of course, yes? Yeah, I do know her, yeah. You know her personally? I do, yeah. We're oh. doing a unicorn documentary together. <gasps> No way. Oh yes. my gosh. When is it? I'm going to be in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> we have, um, I've, I filmed my portion of it. She's filming hers right now and Tim Wilde is guesting as well. Oh my gosh. That's uh, amazing. Friend, uh, Ascension teacher. And I think she's hoping to pitch it to Netflix, which would be incredible oh. to get it into the mainstream. Oh, I love it. Well, I was going to ask you if, um, you know, I, uh, Diana Cooper, and I've experienced this, my, there's that word again, I've experienced it myself, of, of uh, unicorns being white horses who ascend. So physically having incarnated uh, as horses eventually to have a life as a white horse and then to ascend. Is that how you experience the unicorn energy? Or is it sometimes that and sometimes other just that they're angelic and light beings and perhaps do or do not incarnate, have the incarnational experience? Yeah, Diana writes about um, angelic unicorns. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that was my experience. I've only heard her talk about the the, uh, the ascended ones, and I, I I have found both, like ascended ones, and also so. Okay, great. I hadn't come upon that yeah. in her content. But 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 in truth, there are many different types yeah. of unicorns, mm -hmm. and so they're not all. Uh, they weren't all physical horses that right. ascended only certain types right um we we differ in our opinions of unicorns just because we we work with different ones yeah um but the unicorns that came forward in my book unicorn rising were the galactic unicorns mm. elemental unicorns angelic those connected with lemuria atlantis the royal unicorns of course which i'm really connected with mm. and my daughter's connected with um, like energetically so there's many different types yeah. and a person their guide will the type of unicorn that they have in their spirit team will represent what their specific soul gifts mm -hmm. or soul calling is in this given lifetime mm -hmm. so because I'm all about um, working with nature-based spirituality but also Working with the higher realms, I have galactic and yeah. elemental unicorns in my team. You're you seriously are blowing my mind because it's so the synchronicities. You know, you live a life of synchronicity, and it in a way becomes a paradox of being both mundane because it happens not mundane but <laughs> common at least, and yeah. then but it never ceases to blow your mind. And as we were talking about the Council of Light, and as I was communing with my council of light and they presented themselves to me and they, you know it sort of looks like these it's these four 
really columns of light, but they're kind of like crystalline. And this is common. It's a common experience for people to see their guides this way. But they seem like crystalline beings. So the, the mm-hmm. columns of light seem like liquefied or some, some kind of crystal energy. So crystalline would be, crystalline would be the best way I'd say. And the word that I got to describe them, or at least some of them, was cosmic elemental. So um, it's like the galactic elemental, as you're talking about. And the word that I, I, I translated was cosmic. So that's uh, really <laughs> just aligned, just profound. I just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the councils of light are coming more, you know, they're, yeah, they're coming, coming more online. They've always been there, of yes. course, but they're coming forward because our perception and perception is widening. Our consciousness is evolving. And so we can accept these things and commune more because our vibration is expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but these beautiful beings have always been there. Mm-hmm. And a lot, you know, the, the galactic unicorns absolutely work with a lot of the councils of light, especially the Elohim, mm-hmm. the 12 uh, angelic architects that in many ways created Mother Earth yeah. um, and were pivotal in all the golden ages that she's seen. And I can feel them coming in there, actually. I can feel their... (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, those those beautiful beings, the Elohim, very much are going to be more verbal as we go forward. And that's why we're seeing so many more channels come forward and people are stepping into their teachership and their authority and their leadership, and it's it's great. I had a really strong activation this morning in my um, meditation and... I was it, it, now again. I wasn't even thinking of it, of course, because you're in that timeless moment. And but the the activation was really, really strong, and it was to that point of activating this kind of galactic crystalline experience. And it it came to mind while you were talking about how people will advance so much; they'll have this kind of exponential growth. By the way, when you have that in an, an alignment, you know, with the unicorns or something, it actually feels natural. And it usually isn't until you turn around and it's three months later or a year later and you're like, oh, whoa, that was a huge and fast change. It actually kind of doesn't feel fast because it is, it's a, it, even though it's expedited, it's a sustainable kind of expedited growth. That's m- what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it, you know, we see the unicorns, the like the Pegasus or the Alicorn, and they have, you know, the way that, he, that we anthropomorphize them as horses with wings, and that's that, that heart energy, just like that flight energy, that just speeding and that racing just with that love, but it's love is even too small of a word somehow. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Creator Absolutely. energy. Mm-hmm. They, hold, they hold the, um, they hold the, that's what they're saying, I've never used that word before, but the immaculate virtues of mm. source. Oh. The immaculate, the pure, pure virtues of source they bring forward. And then they help us to become a template yeah. to really embody these virtues. And if we embody them, then we can gift them to everybody that's around us and everybody becomes blessed. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something, and I don't normally do this in podcast interviews, but all I'm seeing is Arcturian, Arcturian energy coming through you really, really strongly. Really interesting. Uh, typically, it's it's Pleiadian, but you know what? I take that because just yesterday I was alerted to Arcturian energy just by listening to someone else talking about their experience. <laughs> you and you know when it is when someone else is saying experience, and you hear Arcturian, and your ears go blink. And I was like, maybe 
Yeah, I'm working with them right now. That's interesting. Well, thank you for that. That's the next door for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fascinating. I love it. And so you have you have a book that is coming out as the as we are offering this episode in about a couple of weeks, and it is called the Female Archangels: Evolutionary Teachings to Heal and Empower Your Life. Wow, I love it. I'm getting chills. What a great topic. I would love to hear about that. And it's such an on-purpose topic as well, because I'm sure your listeners are aware, you know, we're in the age of the feminine, we're in the Aquarian age. We went through this threshold period round about 1111. I know some people say it's 2012, but I really felt that they came in, huge big rush of the female archangel energy. Um, But I've worked with these angelics since 2007 time roundabout when Archangel Michael and his counterpart Faith came forward Mm. and Raphael and Virtue came forward and they were very much okay Callista I mean I was just fresh out of science and they said to me you're going to be creating a hands-on healing modality and you're going to teach it around the world and it's going to be as popular as Reiki and all those things really I don't think so like that that just that was too big for me to even contain um but then it happened it all manifested and haven't looked back but the female angelics when I first heard about them and a way I can describe them is so a a coin has two sides Mm -hmm. and this is exactly like an angel yes it is an angel doesn't have sex organs doesn't have a form but it has two expressions it has a polarity has expression of the feminine on one side and expression of the masculine on the other Mm -hmm. but because we've been in that 2000 year old patriarchal piscean age when god was represented as a male jesus buddha they're all represented as a male of course angels were seen as masculine but now we're in this feminine age so the, ange- the feminine angels called the Archaea are coming forward mm-hmm. and they want us to connect with them mainly to heal and empower our divine feminine self, yes. Yes. our divine feminine energy, no matter if we're male, female, whatever, whatever we identify with, they are here to help that power, that untapped creative energy, the womb energy of source to really rise up mm-hmm. and their overlighting message is for us to return to joy, freedom, and pleasure. Mm-hmm. So that's what the book is about. Yes, pleasure. That is something that has been on on the on my plate lately. Is uh, <laughs> yeah, is that pleasure is the is the reason that we are doing this? Mm-hmm. And you know, earlier on, also probably about the, around the time that I found you. I was channeling messages from the way that I was describing it, the way the words came through was as living words. So words that are alive, their consciousnesses, and their expressions of love. So, for example, like words, faith, and their counselors. And I didn't really think about them as you were using those words for, like Archangel Michael's counterpart, the feminine, it would be faith. I didn't think about it that way. And I have a lot of blog a lot of blog uh, posts about these living words and 
now I'm recognizing it probably as those feminine archangels, archangelic archaea energies. Yeah. And that's really how they wanted to be described in the book. Yeah. We can, the other half of Michael is archaea faith, but mm-hmm. another name for her is Michaela. Mm-hmm. We could call her Michaela, sure. but because we're on this precipice of just coming into yeah. working with them, they really want us to understand who they are at a root level. Yeah. And so faith is exactly what she brings forward. She brings forward faith. And if we look at the root word um, of faith, it means to trust. Uh, so faith is trust in action, which is, that's exactly what it is. If we take a leap of faith, it's we're in the action of faith, we're trust and flow. And so there's 11 archaea profiled in the book and each of them come forward with the virtue. So it's purity, harmony, joy, constance, as in constancy. Mm. Um, and it's wonderful because it's it's so simplistic, but at the same time, it's very profound because they are living words. They're living virtues. Yeah. And when we attune to these incredible sacred angels, we become like the unicorns we become the template of those virtues wow that is so beautiful are there any other of the archaea that you would like to share you it's okay if you want us to wait until we read the book (laughs) you don't have to share all 11 are there any others that you would like to share as you know faith and archaea michaela if we want to call her that uh or archaea faith is what we would want to say right to to really stand apart to Go into that. Okay. Are there any others you would like to share? Before, she was very, very insistent. She was nudging me. So before we connected, uh, Archaea Constance, very, very strong wanted to come Did in. you see that when you said that? I went, mm, like I felt her in particularly. <laughs> you guys have to watch it back because I may not, you may not have heard me say it, but you could see it on my face. I went, mm. <laughs> so okay. Oh, <laughs> So she is the twin of Archangel Metatron. So as one uh, angel, angel of ascension, Mm. of of course, overlighting this whole experience that we're going through at the moment. Mm -hmm. She is like the night's sky. She is vast, vital, brilliant, brave. She's that mysterious, oh, you can't even put your, you can't even encapsulate her. She's just so beautiful and mysterious yet to know her is really she says to know yourself she is she is the i am in everything and and i am who we are and she just she's coming forward with so much love for us for everybody listening she just wants us to take those leaps in our personal life but also in our ascension to stop being so small and <laughs> this is exactly my activation this morning i'm like what <laughs> you can't write this <laughs> or we just are <laughs> i was I like i didn't know I, I didn't know i wasn't taking a leap right now but that's exactly what i was activated on so anyway <laughs> go ahead I'm just, i can't laugh <laughs> So um, what else can we say about Constance? What else would you like to share? Oh, oh, uh, oh okay, go yes. ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 go ahead. I thought um, you were asking me. You're asking her. <laughs> I d- yeah. I just wanted to share. Um, she brings forward what's known as the Vesica Pi- Pisces, or um, yeah. that's the way I pronounce it. People yeah. pr- pronounce it differently. But mm-hmm. 
which is really central to all sacred geometry. You know, she works with Metatron. Of course, he's always synonymous with Metatron's cube and the flower of life. But she holds the Vesca Pisces, which if you break down all the shapes, all the forms, it would come down to these literally two overlapping circle, circles and together, together is that space of unity. And she wants us to start working with the Vesca Pisces and also other sacred geometry and just take ourselves within them and meditate within these sacred shapes um, because they've been overused and misused throughout other golden ages. And uh, this seems to be really important at the moment. Now, as it concerns the archangelic energies that we already tend to recognize as feminine uh, that I'm just curious is are there counterparts or, or you know uh, yeah like uh, twins that you identify I don't know if it would pertain to this book or just in general just curious I speak about this in the book because okay. yeah. uh, this is coming up so much and even in society with ginger fluidity so much especially I don't know if it's so much in the US but definitely here in the UK and um, what's been happening is the female ar archangels the archaea have been coming forward for a very long time yes there was a huge big peak in 1111 but when we identify with an angel as feminine we're working with the archaea that's why a lot of the angels like for example Jophiel or Haniel or Ariel even yes they are they're actually the male archangels but what's been happening is the feminine energy within because the feminine always gives birth to the masculine yes. the feminine within the archangels expression that's who people have been connecting with because actually Jophiel is actually his vibration is masculine his counterpart is archaea clarity mm. who yes is she is feminine but together that angel does represent illumination beauty clarity of mind um so that this is somebody has asked me this before and it's it's fascinating because it just shows you that we have been working with the female angelics before because of course invoking one will always give rise to the other because they're not separate of course archangel ariel is uh the <laughs> the, the creator of the of my oversoul when i was in that earlier exploration stage and i was reading someone's book about angels as just a, on a lark why not why not give this little thing some attention and see what this is like and the author suggested that you could ask your guardian angel's name. And so I thought, okay, great. I put down the book and I had been meditating. So I understood how to clear my mind. And actually I had already started to practice animal communication. And so I, I put down the book, I cleared my mind and I said, what's the name of my archangel or what's that name of my archangel? What's the name of my angel, guardian angel? And I heard Ariel and I was so not in the, languaging of this yet or the ex exploration of it that the first thing I thought of was the Little Mermaid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I thought Disney get out of my spiritual experience <laughs> yeah. and so I uh, read a little bit further oh I googled first and found out that Ariel you know is said to oversee nature and animals and 
even animal communication, like the little description that I found. And of course, I was floored and shocked and possibly a little disturbed <laughs> that I could pull through such information. But then in that very same book, which is wonderful that you are writing books like this because in that very same book, I moved a little forward. I saw that there was Archangel Ariel in this person's book, but this person admonished that you cannot expect to have a relationship with the archangels. They are not your guardian angels. They do not work with you because they're too busy. <laughs> and oh, so, right. I would agree with that, but whatever. I know, me too, <laughs> obviously. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm being a, maybe a bit hyperbolic, but this person did say that, that essentially my experience that came completely spontaneously was impossible. And so I, re uh, you know, being where I was, I, I received that a little bit and, um, uh, decided, well, I must have misheard because this authority tells me that I'm wrong. And so I went back and asked, could I get clarity on that? And then I heard the name Alil, A-L-I-E-L, -E as a masculine mm -hmm. feeling energy. And then I went to Google with my angel Alil and found some very old, like photocopied, looked like it probably was on a microfiche. Uh, and it was like this exhaustive kind of codex like this category this categorization of names of spirits and tiny in there i found angel allele and then it had like these little designations of what these kinds of different spirits were and the first mm -hmm. category that was next to my angel allele was aerial spirit <laughs> so you can't honestly you can't make that up you can you it's just I'm sitting and I was like you when you're describing it I didn't have other friends or someone to talk to about it so I was like what's happening to me <laughs> no I mean it was, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't frightened it was just um right you can't make that up and yeah. so you know like the guardian angels or any other an angelics they um are reflections of these energies as well and reflections of, of my archangel Ariel I guess <laughs> and so I finally eventually embraced that I could have a relationship with archangel Ariel who knocked on my door <laughs> It's so funny, you know, and that, that, that story just reminds us to, we, we can listen to others and, yeah. but only trust what we feel is true. What, yes. Trust our own experience, if we go back to that, you know, mm -hmm. trust our own experience. And if, if it feels right to us, it doesn't matter what other people say or have written about, it's valid for us. Yes. And that's all that matters. Absolutely. And just think about if you were a perfect parent then wouldn't, would you care how your child, did, did, you know, received or manifested the most wonderful experience for themselves, the one that was the wisest, the, the most abundant, the most pleasurable? You wouldn't care if you got credit for it or not as a perfect yeah. parent. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so what are some of the... The other, other, some of the other books that you have written that we could, is right now this one, The Female Archangels, is on pre-order. So as soon as you hear this episode, you can go and find it. And we'll put a link in the, in the description for you to be able to find, to go and pre-order The Female Archangels, right? I'm, am I correct in that, right? Yes, okay, yes, yeah, we'll that would be great, yeah. And what are some other books that would interest folks? Uh, have you written some about the the devas or the fairies or the elementals uh, as well? Uh, and and obviously your unicorn books. 
Um, well, I've written Unicorn Rising, Unicorn of course. Rising, yes. And uh, in Unicorn Rising, I do speak about elementals for sure. So, mm-hmm. My next book actually is going to be, I'm going to unveil it. I've not even shared with anybody, Ooh. but I'm going to share it with you. World it's premiere. <laughs> it's going to be working with the magic, with the magic of the natural kingdoms. And that book has, that has wanted to come forward for so long. And uh, they want to share all the different facets, all the different kingdoms want to share. And um, so that's going to be my next one. Oh, I love that. How beautiful. And what is the name of your modality, your healing modality? Does it, ha- it has, is it unicorn healing? Or you have a few different modalities? Yeah, unicorn healing, yeah. which um, I open twice a year, and that's going to be open in June. Mm. And angel healing, which is open most of the time because I have teachers in the UK and the US now which is great. And Atlantean crystal healing, mm. which I've stepped back from a little bit just to focus on other things, but there is teachers of those modalities. Wow, beautiful. Wow. I am just, again, I can't imagine, I don't know how to tell you how honored I am and just how grateful I am for the work that you're doing. It's so very beautiful, so very important. The magic is, it is much more accepted than ever. Again, with the the new children, not not just the ones who are literally children right now, but we're talking mm-hmm. about the ones who have been born, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. They're in their 30s, some of these. And, <laughs> and it's just a bit more natural to come in open and anchoring in that and this energy that we're talking about, whether it's from the inner planes of nature or the um, outer or higher planes of the archangelic and the unicorn. And, and so to have it actually... Because the way that you teach it and the way that you write about it is practical. You know what I mean? It isn't just sort of, here's mm-hmm. unicorns, the end. You know what I mean? It, it, it does have some grounding to it, and it has some rounding to it, as you said, that if you experience this as archetypal, great. That's that's wonderful, and if that's helpful, that's helpful. And so I, I really do appreciate your work. Oh, well, that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And you are offering everyone a, a free gift, you guys. It's a Become Self-Empowered Soul Immersion Meditation. Oh, you guys. So we have a link. And if you go to the description here, a link for you to be able to grab this as a download. And you have to just put in the code CHARMED11 at checkout. And so go grab it. I actually, I've only heard your meditations as maybe I've seen them on YouTube or something like that. So I, I can't wait to do this. Do you want to tell them, tell us a little bit about this particular? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, soul immersion journeys on my website. So Spirit coined that phrase because it really is an inner landscape that you go into and you have your own experience. But self becoming self-empowered is really exactly what it says. It's yeah. helping you to just find the strength that, of course, you have within yourself that maybe you don't feel that you do. It helps you to, to really just feel more confident, more at ease, more focused. And um, it's held, the space is held by sunstone crystal. So it's got this beautiful crystalline vibrations all the way through. Um, That's all I'm gonna say, just check it out and you'll enjoy it. That's wonderful. Well, is there anything else you would like to share uh, with, with us today on this episode? 
It's been such an honor to connect with just you. Just lots of love, just lots of love and gratitude. Thank you so much, Trisha. Thank you, everybody who is listening and watching. I look forward to connecting with you. And um, I'm absolutely loving just being in the space of Instagram right now and sharing Mother Earth news uh, daily. So come and check that out and say hi. I love to be social. Mother Earth news. I love it. <laughs> it's a Mother Earth update. How beautiful. Oh, I actually, I want to share with you. I'm actually being offered, I, this is in the works, but I, I may be going to Ireland to do um, a ki a, a, some kind of fairy education workshop or something along those lines in Elemental oh. Kingdom. <laughs> and if you, I know that's that's basically, it's, a, it's not exactly where you live, but <laughs> I thought I would share that with you. You have to come over. Please, the, yeah. there, there is, uh, there's many, many flights that you can get, and they're only like an hour over to Scotland. It's, yes, it's pretty close. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> um, and if you're ever in Los Angeles, I would love to have you here. And this is my studio here. <laughs> I'd love to have oh, you. Oh, I would love that, Trisha. I would really would. That'd be lovely. <laughs> Well, it's been just really beyond a thrill. All this unicorn energy, this, all this Archaea and Archangel energy. And so you all, please go check out and grab that free gift from Callista. And thank you so much for coming on the program. What a light, what a gift. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate you connecting with this broadcast. I hope you enjoyed Callista, and I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Oh.